Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. It's the big start of Malazan Book of the Summer, Dan. Huge start, Luke. Incredibly <laughs> massive. And you know what I bet we are, Luke? I bet we're excited about it. We're, we're definitely excited for it. We've started Gardens of the Moon, the first book. We've read up to chapter seven. Pretty good. I want to do a quick... I don't even know if I'm going to call it a warm-up because it's going to be, in theory, so quick. So don't even worry about skipping. Um, don't even stress it, dog. <laughs> just really quick. I just want to get, get some out of the way. A little uh, nature is healing observation Ooh, okay. For, okay. for this week. Um, first time in like a year and a half or however long it's been that I've seen a unnecessarily naked older man in the gym locker room. Nature is healing, Dan. We're back to it. Nature is healing. That's incredible. Just yeah, yeah, just a guy walking around in the middle of the locker. Yeah, that's just like beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. It's yeah. You you used to hate it, but now it's just kind of like it's like kind of sweet in its own way, you know? (laughs) There we go. So nature's healing. Uh we're feeling good about it. Um that sounds weird, but let's get into Gardens of the Moon, I think. Yeah, okay. Let's let's get in there. Let's get in there and mess around a little bit. The I want to start with our first little story that we get where we're introduced to Sari, our like demon possessed okay. slash ascendant possessed girl, our mm-hmm. goth girl, <laughs> right. She is talking to this old lady on the side of the road. And this lady is talking about her deal and why she is like, I don't know, there or doesn't like the army or whatever. At one point, she says, and the first time that I read this, I thought she said she got 10 coins a day for her dead relatives and i was like oh that's pretty good we should all be pretty into this (laughs) army then i looked back and i was like oh it's actually 10 coins a year that sounds very low no matter what the currency is in this world so like maybe not so great but that's not the like main point i want to hit on the main point is she's getting 50 coins a year which means she's gone through I think she says two husbands and three sons. Mm-hmm. The town's got to get a little suspicious at some point. Like, okay, are you you you're thinking that they're suspicious that she's murdering them? Yeah, or or at the very least, like, stop marrying this woman because she's very bad luck. <laughs> that's that's true. I will say we don't know the average rate. <laughs> the going rate for dead husbands could be pretty high. Like the number of dead husbands that are around, the number of people Maybe that it's are... like most most people have had, you know, like it, if you're not married by 25 in certain societies, it's like late. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe in this village, it's like if you haven't buried two husbands by 43, then what are you doing? I see what you're saying. I think this could be what we're dealing with here. This could be what we're learning is that how, just how bad the devastation is. If that's the case, 
Then I'm gonna come back around on the 10 coins a year thing. Because imagine how much money this empire is spending just paying old women for all their dead male, like, relatives. Right. I mean, it's a lot. I will say that money's going straight back into the economy. Um... Right, let's get some direct <laughs> payments out. Definitely. <laughs> but... But... The thing that I harped on a little bit on this, and we we don't learn enough, but like learn a little bit more about her, where she's like, there's a little bit weird necromancy kind of thing going on. But before we knew that, she said that she had spent it all on like candles every year, which just reminds me of the classic drill tweet, where it's like, <laughs> someone who's good at the economy, please help spending xx on like food and groceries and then it's like three thousand dollars on candles please help my family is dying that's what it feels like to me where it's like lady you don't have to keep buying the candles <laughs> up your up your grocery game a little bit well buy okay. Some veggies. <laughs> okay luke i will say we don't hear her complaining about the fact that she's very hungry and desperately needs she help. looks terrible yeah she doesn't <laughs> look good you're right you're right but also she's like a witch who does necromancy so that could have a component to it i don't think th i don't think she's complaining about the candles i don't think she's complaining about the lack of money that she has mm. i do think now that we're now that i'm realizing like how much money they seem to be giving out it probably isn't that much if she's spending all of it on a year on just candles for that year like that's sure that's some money but that's not that's right. not that much especially in a society where you expect like your whole family is contributing to like the well-being of your house so like everybody's working and so if it's just her out and she's buying candles, I might be coming around with you, Luke, that she might be really struggling to, to get by here. It's too much on candles. What is her job? It's not like there's retirement. She's not She's not pulling Social Security, right? Well, we don't know, but probably not. I doubt that she's pulling any kind of Social Security. I imagine these coins are like what she's making from the Empire. Right. So, so, maybe not all on candles? I mean, sure, the candles maybe, like, house some souls, maybe the souls of your dead husbands and children, but I don't know. You could let one of them go, right? <laughs> Two husbands? They're going to be fine all the time. You had a favorite. Um, oh, for sure. This, okay, very interesting opening. Um... I want to talk a little bit about Peron, mm -hmm. our captain guy that gets murdered and brought back to life. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily just at the beginning, um, but I love the like confidence and also non-confidence of Peron. The, the, the one thing that I, this is going to be weirdly specific, um, he gets like contacted after he's been working for this adjunct i think is the term for a couple years by this like uh former assassin that like murdered all of the nobility in the previous administration and peron is just so rude 
so rude to, I think his name is Topper. Yes. Yes. And I just admire that confidence. Like, for one thing, I am not, like, able to just be super rude to someone's face, no matter how much they deserve it. Um, So I admire that in a person. (laughs) And also, this guy is, like, the murderer of the previous regime right, almost right. is what it seems like. there's like evidence that he is ruthless and dangerous and still you're gonna be like hey maybe get a different color you idiot you look terrible you look like a gross tree or something i don't know <laughs> yeah that's i i also took note of this but i i think you're right this is like this is a power play and this is immense confidence but I took it more as like, what are you, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing mm. this? Like, you could be nice. Sure, this guy sucks and he's he murdered a bunch of people. But also, he can like teleport around and has all this power that you don't have. Like, what are you wielding? I guess, where is your confidence coming from? What is your what is your weapon that you have that you're like I know I'm going to be safe because X. Right. Is it just there's also bravado? No, there's also no discernible like benefit for him to be I get that it's this guy sucks so he deserves to be disrespected. But I feel like in this kind of world you've got to be calculating, right? So if yeah. you're going to be rude to him, you got to do it in front of somebody that would appreciate that. That's going to give like, you, you props. Would get, you would get props, right. right. But you're just doing it when you're alone with Topper. It's like, you're just going to make this super dangerous dude hate you for no benefit other than like your own. I don't know. It seems misguided, but also very, uh, I feel like Perron's got some swag. I feel like he's got huge, huge swag actually because like the the scene in my mind that defines Perron's like ability to his just like high level of charisma is when he's talking to the members of his new squad that he's going to be captain of and there are no like some of the people in the bridge burners right it's not his mm-hmm. squad but some of the people and they're like we're pretty sure you're gonna get stabbed in the back and he's like, hey, if I get stabbed in the back, I better deserve it. How about a drink? And they're all like, yeah, okay, come on. Come play with us. And I was like, damn, that's a power play. And it works. It works. Because right. it immediately, like, they're all on board with him. Because he's like, hey, if I get stabbed in the back, all right, fi- fair enough. <laughs> no, no, right. It's a good move. No it hard feelings. It's not like a... It's not like a negative power play, like a zero-sum power play. It's kind of just like, hey, I'm aware of things that are going on. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Especially because the other note that I have about Perron is that just coming into this army, and this is, I think, what the book is trying to, to show us, is that coming into the army as an officer that like doesn't have experience would be so intimidating. Because there's so many different things. Everyone is like so... Everyone is a veteran. uh, (laughs) And just like coming in, it's like, I don't really know what's going to happen, but decent chance that I get stabbed in the back for no reason. Everyone's been fighting a war for 
20 years or so, it'd be scary. And Peron's able to handle it, I think, pretty well, even though he gets murdered by Sari really quickly. Oh, does he get murdered by Sari for sure? Isn't that who did it? I don't. There is like a question about who did it, isn't there? Does he see? I don't remember if he like identifies Sari or not. He like has know. a description of who it is. And I I don't remember if it was like definitely Sari. I feel like if he knew it was Sari, he would recognize them, right? Well, for for one thing, I don't think that he has come to mm. in a context of seeing Sorry. I also, we get a little conversation of his killer, yes. like without seeing them. Yes. And it's the same names as the people that were there in that opening scene. No, yeah, for sure. I agree that those are the same. I didn't think that this, maybe it is Sorry. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Because uh, also like everyone's, everyone's like, damn it, Sorry. Yeah. We always murder people. Okay. Okay, and she's been missing. Maybe it was sorry. That's going to be awkward then when he comes to and he's like, hang on, you're in my squad? I can't technically yeah, charge you for murder because I'm not dead, but I'm pissed. Attempted murder? That's pretty bad. It's attempted. Pretty rude. Pretty rude. I'd say, yeah, Peron's got some serious swag, and... I think, you know, there's actually one of my buddies from college actually went to the Marines as an officer. And what he was telling me was like, when you first like get command of a squad, you do like the same thing everyone is telling Peran to do, which is just get in with the sergeant who's like the unenlisted guy who's the highest rank or one of the high ranking Mm -hmm. ones. And you just like, make sure that he likes you and you basically listen to what he tells you to do for like a while until the rest of the squad trusts you enough because yeah these these people that are just the people who've been fighting for a while why do they care about what you have to say they like probably have an inherent dislike of you especially like in this context there's nobles so like yeah i hate this guy (laughs) i hate this guy (laughs) I got enlisted from a fishing village that was like five miles that way that the army had previously burned down and then conquered. And then now I'm in the army. I hate the nobles. Right. So, yeah, Peron is doing, I think, surprisingly well for the position he's been put in due to his charisma and his swag. Granted, he did get murdered. So not that well. Yeah, but by a by a god, though. So I don't think it's quite fair. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's but we don't know if he would have been murdered otherwise. He th- he also in the little halfway place when he gets saved. Uh, I think it's like it's the Opan is the like twins that save him, and then I think the the person that that killed him or not or like that was partially responsible is Shadow Throne. Right? They come in at the end, and I feel like Peron throws a little shade. Peron is getting some jabs in as he's literally on death's door and bargaining for like how he comes back to life. <laughs> what? That's pretty good. Right. He's like, uh, all right, if I'm not that important to you, I guess I'm just going to go die then. So just let me die, please. And they're like, uh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Hear me out. Please don't die. Peron, we need you. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll stay, I guess. Speaking of speaking of dying, 
and maybe not being as chill about it, I want to I want to paint you a little picture, Luke. Mm. I want you to imagine I'm the sergeant of a of a squad in the Second Army. All right, you're you're maybe you've been on a few campaigns. You've been sieging this pale city for like years. You've been here for three years. It's been mostly calm. And then one night, you know, I gather the I gather the squad together. There's a chill in the air. And I say, all right, listen up. Tomorrow, we're going to go out on that field and we're going to surround a hill where a bunch of wizards are fighting. And we're going to stand there and guard them. Maybe maybe the the wise guy in the squad pipes up and says, is there going to be an, uh, a force coming out of the city? Are there going to be some some soldiers attacking? What's, what's going to happen, huh? I'm going to kill 10. I'm going to kill 20 even. And I say, uh, actually, no, we don't anticipate any resistance on the ground. There's going to be right. a lot of magic, though. I should warn you, there's going to be a lot of magic. It's going to be just decimating everyone out there. Odds are we will all die. But, you know, even trade, right? <laughs> yeah okay this is something that we need to get more experience into like how these battles are fought because this one seemed like a poorly strategized one and it's it's hard for me to tell if it was like because Tayshren, the high mage that's been like doing some doing some weird stuff i can't tell if he intentionally set this battle up in a weird way but yeah i can we can we get the the regular soldiers a little bit farther away like give me a wider diameter for the empty area between the mage battle and the rest of the soldiers <laughs> like what purpose did they serve by standing there and just getting decimated just just like getting reaped by this like grim reaper who's just throwing down shadow and death from this mountain that they have no defense for literally none they're just like dying in big droves they're not fighting anyone there's no army coming out to try and kill the mages before they do all the damage they're just standing there waiting to die also, a lot of them die from chunks of the moon falling down. Can we get them? Can we get them out from under it? Can, this seems like day one stuff. What are we doing, guys? Like, okay, okay, okay. We know that he was trying to kill the bridge burners because he left them in the tunnels. I don't know if that extends to the rest of the army. So maybe he was like, okay, a lot of you guys should just stand under the moon just in just in case something happens. But all in all, it seems like a lot of wasted life. I just, and you hate to see that. How do you justify it? How do you say, all right, listen, like, unless you're lying to them and you're like, we're pretty sure there's going to be a bunch of people that run out as soon as this battle starts. So we need you to hold the line. Okay, but you're laying like even if you say that, who's believing you? Because you're la- you've been laying siege to the city for three years. They're not gonna send out a force outside their walls. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how you convince a rank and file soldier to just go stand out there. Like I either the even trade thing has be has had to have been like the greatest propaganda campaign they ever came up with of all time for them to think an even trade was just standing there while waves of magic decimated them or they've lied to them they've told them something to get them standing out there in the way of like waves of fire magic that were going to be coming down from from the tower and so one hypothesis that i'm thinking of is that like some demons came out mm-hmm. of the ground so maybe you have the soldiers there because they have to like stall the demons before they can kill the magic users but like how much are they gonna really do to a demon right because we did see demons i mean they were called by by Shrin, but there were some there i don't know <laughs> it also seems like if you're gonna do that you you need to have like a few soldiers within a sphere of like the mage's protection you don't have like your entire army like nebulously around the area right if i'm if i am the lord of the pale moon and i know this is how they're setting up for battle i'm hype i'm like wow i can't believe they gave me such a great opportunity to kill so many of them at once this is so cool thank you it's it's it seems like a poor battle battle plan i don't i don't know i mean maybe we need to see more more battles in which this like strategy actually is needed mm-hmm. but for this one it's just like this is was a this was a mage battle you guys you guys could have come up with some something else. Yeah, probably. And maybe, yeah, maybe Teishren is trying to, like, thin out the ranks of the army because he's worried they're going to turn on the Empire as soon as they get the opportunity, which seems like they're working on that. So, mm-hmm. sure, that's a that's an option. I just, like, if I'm an enlisted soldier or if I'm, a, if I'm just a, a grunt in the army... It's going to take a lot to get me standing out there and to stay out there when I realize I'm just not doing anything. Right. Also, I get that the that the Malazan army is not great. We're not doing the most moral things. I know that. But we got to rethink our alliance with these insect guys that demanded an hour of slaughter. The the explanation for this is like, yeah, they've had a big rivalry. Pale usually wins the like little economic battles. I know. It's like, I, know. I don't know if that justifies justifies murdering everybody that you can find. <laughs> like, can we work out some reparations maybe? Like, that seems fair. Maybe they they pay you over time for like the problems that they caused you. Not... Yeah, you get to have a, an hour of purge time in the city. Do whatever you want. It's your hour. Yeah. At the at the most, which I still wouldn't really be hyped about, it's like, okay, you can have the... You can kill some of the nobles. 
Everybody hates them anyway. I'm not. You can't go in and kill all of the people. It just seems bad. And like I again, I know that we're we're the bad we're the baddies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're like counting on these guys to transport us in the air on their little bug. I don't know. I think this is a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a bad choice. I also imagine being the one insect boy who just didn't realize what was going to happen. And so he, like, the gates open and he's like, oh, finally, we can get in there. I heard they have Dave and Busters and, whoa, are you guys serious right now? Whoa, stop it. Stop it. What? Was this the plan? Can, cannot wait to use a real bathroom. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to do my own thing, I think. Uh, I should have been in the greens. <laughs> the black marath are not what I thought. Pretty rough stuff you guys are doing down here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all around. It's not great. It's not great. You also have to imagine, like, if I am a resident of the Pale City, like, I'm never surrendering. Like, sure... You've had me under siege for four years, and I have to eat rats to survive. I'm not going to let the Maranth come in and have an hour of fun time Mm -hmm. in here. Like, there's no way I'm going to think that that's better than whatever I have to do to keep you out of the city. For sure. Yeah, let's talk incentives here. Because if you're sieging, laying siege, whatever the term is... You you want to, like, incentivize giving up. Right. Right. Like, hey, I've got I've got this beef jerky that I bet you would love. Instead of, I've got these bug guys that love murder. I think, I think that this siege could have been over much earlier. It could have been over day one. Here's how it's over day one. Hey, everybody. We've got free vouchers. To get a flight ride on some of these cool bugs. <laughs> Come on out. Oh, look, look. I'll hold them up for you. I'll wave them. Come grab one. Just open the gate and come get it. Have you ever flown before? No? Well, I've got a voucher. Come check it out. Yeah. Easy. Everybody wins. I think that that's good. I think that that's way better. Oh, it was rough though. This whole this whole deal with the with Pale was was pretty rough. A lot of people died. Um, some people would argue going puppet wasn't the greatest choice for Hairlock. Okay, yes. If there were multiple choices, I hope that there were like trade offs, where it's like okay, puppet. Best magic abilities. Great conduit for magic is this puppet. It looks pretty dumb, but pretty good for magic. And then it's like another option. This Um, is the issue. I'm trying to think of other options. And if it's just that it has to be an inanimate object, it could be so much. It could be like, hey, you want to be a magical wagon? We can can put you in that wagon over there. And you're like, it's like a talking car, you know? It's like... uh like herbie i guess wow i love this actually like it because i get okay i get it's like natural to think if i'm gonna have my soul transferred to a different body 
I, I want it to be something I know. You know, I want it to be something that's got two legs, two arms, a head, and can move mm-hmm. around. If you if that's the case, you're really stuck with like dolls or puppets. And like there's not a whole lot of other things you can go with. Both of those are very creepy options. You're not Yes. You're not winning any favor with anyone by going doll or puppet here. Yeah, I so I imagine that there's some kind of like conversion efficiency, right? If it's if it's person shaped, you're getting 98%. But like model airplane, like maybe I'm only getting 30% efficiency on the transfer, but I that's pretty cool. I might be choosing model airplane. <laughs> it would be cool. I definitely imagine in this realm they have model airplanes. They know about flight and lift and all that cool stuff. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but you could be so many fun things, I think. Like, again, limited. You're, why are you limiting yourself to just a puppet? You could be anything that has moving parts. Obviously, you don't want to be like a wall because what do you do i don't i don't get what you what you do there but anything that's got some kind of moving parts here pretty Mm -hmm. cool maybe you're a sentient crossbow oh hello (laughs) my name's bowie i do they call me davy bowie you want something that can move on its own nothing Um, can move on its own what are you talking about move on its own what are you talking about move on its own luke (laughs) if you're if you've got a really good buddy like here's the, so the two mages that are like a couple that one of them gets pulled apart by the demon. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool if you're okay. You're my buddy. I'm gonna turn myself into a really nice sword, and now we're gonna be like a d- dynamic duo. Okay, that could be cool. I think if there's like sort of a like the sword would have to be able to move though, right? Like you can't. That's why I'm thinking it has to be something that has a moving part somewhere because it feels like that's how you control the thing that you're in is by moving the parts independently. Okay. Now, maybe that that's kind of like telekinesis, right? So maybe if you turn into a sword, you can just be a flying sword that's like right. you, the, your buddy is now a flying sword that can help you in combat. Very useful. Seems really good. Um. I like flying sword. I think we could also go a cloak, maybe. So do a little mm. Doctor Who action. Doctor Who? Is that it? No, that's not Doctor Who. Doctor Strange. Doctor. That's it. Okay. Do a little Doctor Strange action with that like sentient cloak thing. Sure. Could be cool. Might be infringing on some IP there, but maybe go a scarf and you get away with it. <laughs> that's very true. A lot of good options, I think. Too many. I hope that he got some input into the design of the puppet. That's that's all I want to make sure. Um, can we come back a little bit to sor- to sorry? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there an HR in the army? God, we're always coming back to some HR concern. Because there's a scene that we've described where sorry is over here, like brutally torturing people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like in a horrific manner. Yeah, yeah, and. Our assassin guy comes over and kills them, and they're like thanking him. If I see that, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta do something about sorry, because it can't last. I mean, okay, 
I, I've thought this too, and my rationale behind why everyone isn't just saying, we're done with you, like, please leave, is they can't afford to let her leave. <laughs> like, they have so few people already, they can't afford to let one go, because then it's like, if I tell Sari to leave, then maybe it's not her that gets shot with magic when we're all standing out in the middle of that field. It's me because I'm mm. standing where Sari had to be standing. So we can't send her away yet. Okay. Right. I, I think it's just... They need like a a minimum, like they need a starting five. Right, right. And like... Okay. You're, and even I imagine like their top... Like, Sari is not a first string. Sari is like a fifth string bench warmer, okay? But but their first four strings are all dead. And so they're like, we need to have someone on the court to be able to not be disqualified. So, okay. Sari, you're up. And apparently really effective when she wants to be. Yeah, but like, to what end is the, is the question here that I think... I think does deserve a little bit of questioning, especially when we kind of leave the army and are thinking about doing a mutiny. It's like, maybe we could let Sari kind of go do her own thing. <laughs> Sorry, you can't, you can't come. <laughs> uh, you're not cool enough. Sorry. Go hang out with the other goth kids, please. Yeah. We're going to go to the football game and we don't want to well, complain Well, you got to be selective time. in who you're, in who you're like leaving the army with. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You don't need sorry for that. No, you definitely don't. You definitely don't. Unless, Luke, unless she's like the cook. We've yet to see who cooks for this squad. Mm-hmm. What if she makes a mean goulash? <laughs> I would. Okay, so I would be surprised if she's the if she's the cook. I do think that that would be in. Well. <laughs> That would be a valuable thing to have be an asset. in this situation where you're like laying siege for years on end and you're in the, uh, and you're in the tunnels. You're down in the tunnels and she comes up with a little spiced wine and is like, Hey, I just made this. Would you like some? And you're like, you're creepy as fuck, but yes, I will definitely take some of that mold wine. There's no That's blood. Valuable. There's no That's blood a- in this, right? Sorry. You didn't put any blood in this. Okay, all right, just checking. She's not telling you the recipe, though. That's valuable. Very good point. Um, I do think that a lot of these guys have different skills that aren't just combat, right? Mm, We see a scene on the roof where I think his name is, maybe it's Fiddler, I can't remember which one it is, is like throwing his sword down in the puddle because he (laughs) is not a fighter but is like a veteran of this army and very valuable. I think that's cool. Yeah. Good for the bridge burners for like valuing different skills. Right. Sure. His skill is like blowing up things, but I hope that there's like a cook. Yeah. There's gotta be, there's gotta be. And maybe, maybe we'll find out that somebody else in the group is the cook and sorry that they can just ditch. Sorry. They can totally get rid of her. But until now I'm going to say maybe she cooks. Is it time to leave Pale, Luke? Yeah. Let's get out of Pale and go to our new city where... New city who dis? <laughs> Apparently. Uh, and Malazan really wants to know. So 
before before we talk about the Malazan coming to conquer this last city, though, let's talk about the city itself and how it kind of functions. Okay. So during the day, it's like a metropolis. There's like a council that runs stuff and like all kinds of commerce and exciting things going on. And then at night, the city is run by like thieves and assassins. And they are just like the ones in charge. They kind of like roam the city doing whatever. And they do this by going rooftop to rooftop to, to get to their destination. How is anyone in this city having a balcony? Mm. What are you doing? You know how it works. You know how it works. I get it. Balconies are great. They're cool. You can go out, enjoy the night, enjoy the day even. And it's like you can get a cool view. But is it worth getting assassinated so easily? Yeah. You you got to come up with some architectural design that like takes into account the assassins every night you know how they operate literally every night they're running around rooftop to rooftop like an evil batman and (laughs) you're gonna have a balcony that has no security features what are we doing yeah it's it's tough at least get like can we get some guards on the roofs (laughs) can we get some guards on the roofs at least, and I get if the city kind of works because there's this agreement, right? Like, I'm sure the council members are paying assassins to do stuff. And I'm sure that there's, like, kind of an unspoken agreement that the guards are just not going to go on the roofs. Or that, or they're just, like, too dangerous, right? Like, if they are if they try and keep the roofs clear, the assassins will just take them out and take the roofs anyway. But you could have, like, some counterintelligence, maybe. Like, I have this compound where I live. On all the roofs that are around it, every night I pay just a guy to, to like sit on each of the corners and don't attack anybody. But if it looks like somebody's scouting out my zone, maybe just send me a little note. Maybe you have a little bell that you ring or something mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, there's danger. There's danger out there. Let's, let's keep an eye out. Let's stay frosty. Right. And also maybe get some fog lights up on the roofs like i know that this this city is running by natural gas let's let's get some permits uh hey i want i want some pipes going up to the roof get that bad boy well lit during the night so that the dude that's hanging out with a crossbow every time i can see him i can see him i can point at him when i'm on my cool balcony and say hey stop that I see you over there. Stop it. Put that away. Yeah, for sure. Also, you got to imagine people running around on your roof all the time. Yeah, I'm not sleeping. It's going to be so loud. Even if they're wearing like moccasins that are cushioned and have like special sticky tar to where they can get around in a quiet and efficient way, your roof isn't designed for people running on it. There's going to be creaks. There's going to be squeaks. It's like you're saying it's bad for the roof. I've got to put up so many support beams because people are on the roof all the time. It's not meant to be walked on. Actually, now that I think about it, the roofs in this city are definitely meant to be walked on because they do all their laundry up there. Okay, true. 
So let's rescind that point. I will say there's creaks and squeaks for days. Like you're not sleeping, even if they're so quiet, like maybe to them, they don't hear a thing. But as soon as they step on your roof, it's just like the squeakiest. Like it sounds like there's a bunch of mice living up there. Okay. And like, okay, you're not going to file a complaint, right? There's no recourse you have. You just have to deal with the fact that maybe your roof is an assassin highway. That's just it. That's just what you have to deal with. Yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit unfortunate. I think that this might be a systems we need a systems approach for this. You can't be just like doing it on your own house. Like, hey, I'm going to put up some spikes. You got to everyone's got to work together. Right. To figure this out. Right. We've all got to decide. It's too much. Yeah, it's way too much. It's way too much. Maybe everyone decides that we're going to invest in a dryer for the whole apartment. And nobody's doing their stuff on the roof anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a benefit. You know, we get the benefit of having our clothes dry much more quickly and they're softer. And uh, maybe we can make the roof a little bit more treacherous for somebody up there. We can discourage mm-hmm. somebody from going up there at all. Right. Pretty good. Seems like a win-win. <laughs> so, okay. The city, I think, overall, very cool. Um we we're we haven't gotten a lot of events in the city yet but i imagine we're going to i want to talk very well not necessarily briefly but about our new the moon has come has come home to to city number 2 um i like how we're strategically Crone. avoiding the name of the city <laughs> starts with a d stop stop to say uh crone who is hundreds of thousands of years old is kind of a delight i love Crone. i was surprised yeah i love Crone so because much because i was expecting her to be really unpleasant but she was great i want more crone crone has the kind of sass that mm-hmm. i think is so welcome i think oh, yeah there's a certain like type of kind of smooth talk and like sass that is so fun to be around that like yes she is kind of like poking fun at you a little bit but also it's like in a it's in a fun way right like great touch to turn into a very cute dog because i imagine she could have been like i'm gonna be a little bug on the wall right and instead of you know when i talk you're gonna be able to hear me but he's not even gonna hear anything instead she's like hey i'm gonna be this big ass dog that's gonna sit between you and when I talk, it's just going to sound like growls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unnecessary, but very cool. It's very clever. It's very clever. I will say she's had a lot of time to perfect her craft. Mm. She mm-hmm. knows people. Maybe she's she has been honing this stand-up set for thousands of years. Right. There's right. got to be. She's like, humor has changed over the years but there's an underlying current that I have recognized. Exactly. And so she is just like, every time she's hanging out with with her, the rest of her, are they ravens or crows? I was about to say murder. I think great ravens. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm still going to call it a murder. She's hanging out with her murder okay. of ravens. And, Big murder. And she's the oldest one, but she's also maybe the one that, that is the funniest one. And they're just, they're just workshopping constantly up there. <laughs> 
They're like, there's not, there's not a ton to do. No. So yeah, they're just perfecting their craft. I think so. Great Ravens, well known for being very dangerous, but very funny. Very, very clever, very funny. Love to have them around. <laughs> the next thing in this in this like scene is Anamander Rake comes down, the Lord of Moonspawn. Love him. So, I just want to. He looks very cool, mm-hmm. and I just want to ask, what like when does long hair? turn into a mane because he's described as having a mane and i think that sounds awesome yeah yeah and like way cooler than just having long hair but then when i think of like the distinctions between what i imagine long hair and a mane is it's like i feel like a mane has hair like coming out of your neck and that doesn't sound cool no no i i think it's just long hair i think there's two options here one is just how you wear it Right, like he's never thrown this thing back into a long skinny ponytail, you know. Uh-huh. That's not the look, really. For uh, for very few people, I think, for very few dudes, is that the look to throw it all back right. in a long skinny ponytail? Um, he's not rocking the man bun, right? He's letting no. it. He's letting it out, and I imagine maybe it's like it's got some thickness to it. Maybe he's using some like thickening conditioner. Mm. Okay. To where it's just, so maybe it's just volume. It's he's got some volume to it. I think is part of it, though. I think you can because here's the thing. You can see someone with I think the same hairstyle as Animander Rake, and you wouldn't describe it as a mane, right? Just because of the like, the pure cool aura that's coming off of him, like. Okay. Somebody else with the same hair, you'd be like, oh, they've got some volume. Maybe they've got over the shoulder, like shoulder length or, or like longer than shoulder length hair. Looks pretty good. But you're not going to be like, mm-hmm. look at that mane, that mane of silver hair that that dude's got. Right. If he's working at like, that's I don't know, the arcade. If he's playing DDR at 4 p.m. on a weekday at the arcade, you're not going to be okay. like, that guy's got a beautiful mane of hair. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. So it's it's more of the context of the rest of you. Yes. So like long hair and a mane taken by themselves are potentially the same thing. But depending on the context of like how the person looks, what they're doing, then it turns into a mane if they're like super badass. Right. And I'll say I think the bar is incredibly high here for when your hair becomes <laughs> a mane. Like I don't think most people are getting a mane i'm not getting a mane there's no fucking way but dude's got a six foot sword on his back that exudes darkness that guy's got a mane it's powerful (laughs) he okay yes i think that that's true the mm, okay do you uh, i think that the bar is incredibly high i also think that you need the descriptor of being like a predator. You know what I mean? You have to have the vibe. Of in, a in what way, Luke? Because for most people in our society, being described as a predator is pretty bad. It's <laughs> okay, not okay, a, okay. You wouldn't this have what, a mane this, if you're a predator here. This is why I think that no one in our society can be can have a mane. Ooh, interesting. You got to be like badass enough to be like that, dude. 
is genuinely terrifying and like so far above me that he can just like murder me and suffer no consequences which is not the case in our world i think in our world that's that's kind of like a monster kind of thing to do like i don't think that equates to badass in our world i think it equates to just like terrible terrible person so i think this is fair i think this is fair i i don't you're right i don't i think very few if anyone could have a main in our world maybe vigo vigo mortensen I feel like he could. He kind of had a main as Aragorn, right? He's he's maybe close. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if I'm willing to give it to him though. Yeah, that's his fair. hair. He doesn't take well enough care of his hair in that because I feel like to have a main, it has to be like very. You got to have a hair care regimen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he his was a little a little greasy. That's fair. That's fair. They did do yeah, the- Thor. Ah, uh, it's the right color, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to give it to Thor. I don't think I'm giving it we to gotta, Thor. We got to get off of base. Let's get out of here, please. Um, so is it is it just me that thinks the fool is doing a little too much? Like the fool Oppon has jumped into the fray with what's going on and is mm-hmm. now invested in in like the events of the world and is manipulating things we we're a third of the way through this book we've learned that shadow throne is also a player and is doing stuff you know created mm-hmm. sorry stabbed paran paran however we want to say that is doing some things uh Oppon has brought somebody back from the dead is like helping people to not get murdered left and right. Like mm-hmm. there is like constantly little like trip ups that people are doing to make sure that they don't die at certain places all over. This is happening all over the place. There's this ringing coin that a bunch of people are hearing that gives them signals about what to do. What? This is a lot. This seems like a lot that he's doing. At the very least, if I'm Hood, I'm going to be like, dude, that guy should have died. Like, that crossbow was going for him. Right. I Okay, in my experience with with this kind of context in, in a lot of books, it's like, a, it's like a chess game in which if, let's say, Opon does something, then another player gets a move. Right? Ooh. Is my guess. So, like, the more things that Opan is doing, the more things that another Ascendant can kind of do. I see. You're saying we're and not really seeing like, the other side of this. Well, maybe they're just racking up moves, you know? They're saving them all for the end. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know if that's the case, but, like, if it's not, I feel like you would be doing more as an Ascendant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, we don't really know what their, like, goals are. True. So maybe they just, like, are kind of invested but don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's kind of like Greek gods where, sure, it's, like, kind of fun to play around in the mortal world. But, like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Could be. 
But to me, from this from this point, it seems like the fool is doing a lot here. It seems like he's helping a lot of people. Uh, and I, I don't know if I'm another ascendant, and I also want to get involved. It seems like he's taking up a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. Taking up a lot of moves. A lot of small moves, also. I would argue that these are, like, technically small, but not. Like, well, it... It leads us to uh, like kind of see that the fool has a big plan mm-hmm. because like saving a random thief seems like a weirdly small move for a god, but he's got some very elaborate plans, or I should say they have some very elaborate plans. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see how how our boy Crocus, tough name by the way, fits into it all. Yeah, I, th- I think I am too. We should say here, because we haven't said this yet, Luke and I have read this first book before. I will also <laughs> say it's been quite a while. I remember very it's, little yeah. of it. Um, I remember almost none of it, but I don't think we're going to be predicting no. things for that purpose. No, I don't think so either. But I I am curious to find out how all these players come together. I'm, I'm excited to see that again and how all this comes together. The reason why I was hesitant to say these are small things, though, is, like, he's preventing death in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Which, like, sure, you could say, oh, he's just making him trip, and they're, the person that was trying to kill them missed. But, like, imagine if instead of making someone trip, he, like, appeared with a shield and blocked a bolt out of the air with it. Like, in practice, those are different actions, but they achieve the same result. And so, like, I think if you would consider him, like upon appearing with a shield and blocking an arrow as a big deal as doing a big thing you have to consider making someone trip and missing is also a big deal right yeah i also think that maybe different actions probably carry different weight for like ascendance doing things so like i it seems like sorry is being inhabited by like a i don't know if it's from like a god or but something from shadow Mm -hmm. right and like just all the time so i feel like you're paying rent for like sorry's body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe upon's like okay now you're freeing me up to do like a bunch of stuff all the time because you're just always in sorry so that's like I get three moves a day because of that you've got sorry chopping onions i don't know why you're still paying (laughs) rent there meanwhile I'm saving the world or dooming it. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I uh, yeah, okay. All right, I'm with you there. I think it's fair. I think it's a fair trade. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see if other people come in cuz I imagine so. Right? I mean, again, we've read this book but I don't remember any of it. But there's a lot of other warrens. And maybe they're just like I don't really care. But still. Right, right. I, I I, imagine, I mean, it seems like there is some kind of conflict that's happening among all of the Ascendants as well. And mortals can influence that in some way. So I imagine the other Ascendants probably care a little bit, but maybe they just aren't paying very close attention, you know? Right. I would also say very... Very badass moment here by an unnamed character 
one of the assassin people that come down and are like disrupting the current assassins says something along the lines of it's been a while since I've killed an ascendant. Excuse me? <laughs> can you can you say a little bit more about that? Because you seem like kind of a normal person. Right. You killed just a human just now. And now you're talking about killing an ascendant before? Right. So it's very interesting to compare like power levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like where is our boy Anamander Rake? With respect to Opon, for example. Ooh, that's an interesting point. You know what, what I'm realizing as we are talking about this? I'm getting some cradle vibes here with like the power mm-hmm. levels of the different people and how they're like so much more powerful than others. Like when specifically the the like most cradle moment here is when Anamander Rake comes into the high alchemist's house. And it's even described as like a pressure that is being pushed on everyone. When he comes in, it's like, okay, so he's like Fury then. This is just Fury stopping by. Right. Right. It, yeah, there's a lot. And like ascendancy is the same term in both books. I mean, obviously, they're very different like in terms of tone. Yes. <laughs> but some similarities there. Definitely some similarities. I'm into it. I'm into it too. I love I love a little power disparity and seeing how people people handle that. Especially somebody like Whiskey Jack, you know? He's got no powers. <laughs> he's no magic stuff. I, I don't think, at least. Uh, but he seems to be kind of powerful in his own way. He's wily. He's wily. He's got plans, you know? <laughs> Speaking of somebody who... Also is Wily. Krupp. Mm, mm-hmm. I hate this guy. Oh, okay. I hate Krupp. Why? Why are we hating on Krupp? Okay. They're playing a card game. All right? Clearly, Krupp is just trying to outlast the other players in the game because he's, he's clearly lost the game, but has decided to stall to the point where everybody else gives up. And apparently, like, I think he does this kind of often. Like, it seems like something they're used to at this point. Right. The assassin who kills the council member, he comes down this, like, and sees them still playing this game as, like, dawn is breaking. And he's like, is this the same game from last night? And they're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Quit! Quit sooner! (laughs) How long? We, we got to get some rules. How long has Krupp been sitting there like, is it my turn? I don't know. <laughs> is it my turn? And then be Can going. Can we vote on some new rules? Like, you, get, you get a minute per turn? It's absurd. What are we doing? Or at least come up with some creative way to make Krupp uncomfortable to where he wants to quit. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Krupp, remember in high school when you did list anything and you could just start telling that story and Krupp's like oh don't please just oh, don't yeah. tell me about that I don't want to hear give that give us story. some embarrassing Krupp stories like <laughs> why are we still playing with Krupp why do we agree, why do we ever agree to a game with him ever that can't be fun after the first two hours <sighs> right I don't, I don't know I think that this is just as much on, on the other players as it is on Krupp though you're saying they should know better yeah come on he's been talking for like eight hours 
I'm honestly impressed. I do wonder if the stories, like if his filibuster stories are this good though. Like the one that we heard wasn't really very good. I don't think like it was clearly exaggerated and like didn't have very much rise and fall. It was just like him gassing himself up. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if that was like, the worst of his stories and that's where they all got sick of it i wonder if he started out with like an epic tale of deception and triumph and he's like telling this great story and they're like you know what i'm okay if he's if he's holding off here go ahead right go off crop and we just got to the bottom of the barrel here he was like i gotta wrap this game up i gotta get to some worse stories (laughs) It could be, yeah, because maybe he is maybe he's genuinely really entertaining most of the time, and so they don't mind it. Because right. maybe him telling a story is more fun than the card game. Hmm, interesting, Luke. Interest- this is like the idea behind drinking games, where nobody really cares about winning any of those games. It's just you need mm-hmm. something to do to pass the time. Right. I will say, though, it would be so frustrating if we're playing King's Cup or something and somebody refuses to pull a card for hours and hours. Golly. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe there's a maybe there's another layer to the game that's just just to get around and chat, you know. They're buddies, it seems. <laughs> Crocus thinks they're buddies. I'm inclined to believe him. Listen. Crocus, a man to believe. Seems like it. He seems like a swell guy, you know. I mean, he did break into, like, a little girl's bedchamber, um, but... He stole her cool hat. Do you think... Okay, so he said... Oh, we're getting off on a bit of a tangent here. He steals uh-huh. this turban, and it sounds great. It sounds like a very cool turban. First question is, do you think it's unisex? Like, do you think turbans are unisex in this universe? Ooh. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I think so too. Granted, like you can wear whatever you want because like who the fuck cares? But I'm just thinking for convention's sake, if he's like traditionally dressing in a certain way, is he wearing the turban? I I don't think so. Because like it's a very nice turban, right? And it's like, who's this little dirty boy walking around with like the nicest turban of all time? That seems like a weird choice. But think of all the props you get. Like, imagine, imagine you walk around and you're like, yeah, you're not doing too great most of the time. And one day you show up with the coolest turban anyone's ever seen. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're telling me you're not going to wear it. Yeah. Cause too, that's like fair. I can, I can see the perspective too of like, maybe somebody's like, I'm pretty sure you stole that. Uh, let's tell the cops. It's like, okay, prove it. It's a turban. I, I would I would also say Crocus is like hanging out with like known assassins. So they're like, hey, I think you stole that. Yeah, I'm a thief. <laughs> you, of course. <laughs> this, is a, this is a great point, actually. Yes, I did steal it. Give yeah. me a high five. Pretty good accomplishment, stealing this bad boy. Thank you for pointing that Thank out. You. That makes it even cooler. I'm saying fair point. Fair point. I'm into the turban. I hope he rocks it. I hope he, he goes out mm-hmm. the next day and is just rocking the turban. Because it seems like it'll... I think he will. Yeah, it seems like it's cool. Whew. All right, Luke. 
big first third. We're going to get through the next third for next week, so read up on that. And uh, like some of those foul-mouthed members of the Bridge Burners, I'm sure we'll be able to cook up quite a few hot takes. And take Krupp's example and keep acting like a dumb nerd. <laughs>